Blog Talk Radio. Finding myself at a loss for words And the funny thing is, it's okay The last thing I need is to be heard But to hear what you would say This is Prayer International Radio. Welcome to our program, Power Encounters. My name is Chris Herzog, and it's just a few minutes after the 10.30 hour. Here's Sunday night. It is March 6, 2011. So tonight we are in the studio, and we are talking about the power of God and the fact that God is a spirit and he wants to be encountered, he wants to be experienced. He's more than just a theology. 
He's more than just a history book. You know, he's more than just a story that we read about. He's more than just some set of ideal rules, set of do's and don'ts that we adhere to to be good moral Christians. Although I do believe we need to follow the Word of God and we need to do and not do some of those things that the Word of God instructs us. But it's beyond that. It's more than that. It's intimately knowing, intimately acquainting ourselves with and experiencing God in a real way by the power of His Holy Spirit, by the person of His Holy Spirit through the presence and the glory of His Holy Spirit. So if you're listening tonight, this is Prayer International Radio. My name is Chris Herzog. You can call in at 619-638-8458. Of course, we have a chat room open. and Feel free to get online. We are opening up our prayer chat room even as we speak. And, of course, if you want to email us, if you have any prayer requests or anything you want to share with us um, that would not be on the air, feel free to email us at prayerinternational at gmail.com. Once again, that's prayerinternational at gmail.com. And so we are putting out a global mandate and a call to intercessors and call out to those that are standing in the place of prayer and interceding and praying for the Spirit of God and the glory of God to cover the earth, for salvation to go forth, the name of Jesus to be lifted up, for the kingdom of God to be established here upon the earth, just as it is in heaven. So if you're listening tonight and you are a Christian, you're a believer, you're a brother and sister in the faith in Christ Jesus, he's your Lord and Savior, we're trusting in him, join us in our mandate, join us in our prayer watch for the nations, join us in our prayer watch for Israel. We have a website up, of course it's a work in progress, we're still working on it and putting it together, we're trying to staff a 24-hour prayer chat room where we can go video to video or audio to video or go uh, just in chat rooms with instant messages and create a 24-hour online prayer-based community where people can call in uh, via Skype or telephone or get on the website and have prayer, have uh teaching, get founded, and get everything they're getting uh, in the local church, as well as get connected into an actual active, uh, thriving group of believers in their area. We want to be a resource to pastors and ministers in the local church, and just be a help to those that are looking. And so if you have a group or a body, a home church that you're plugged into, we encourage you to pray and stand and be faithful to your pastor and the people there and serve as unto the Lord, tithe faithfully and 
know, do the best you can do while you're there. And if you're seeking God, if you're just coming into the family of God, we encourage you to plug into a church or a local group of believers that will help encourage and instruct and teach and train you in the things of God. Brothers and sisters that can sharpen you and lift you up when you fall or when you struggle. And of course, if you don't know where to turn or you don't have anyone like that in your life, we want you to reach out to us. Again, you can call us at 619-638-8458. You can email us at prayerinternational at gmail.com. Or you can go to our website, which is www.prayerinternational.org. You know, we believe in community. We believe in being not just the mouthpiece for God or, you know, speaking and delivering the message of God, the message of the Word of God. But we believe that as the body of Christ, and, you know, my wife and I, will, she'll tell you too, we, we think it's important to be practical, to be the hands and the feet of Jesus, you know, to be the eyes of Jesus and see the hurting, see those that are lost, see those that are misguided and misdirected and Point them in the way. Lead them to Christ. And help direct them and shift their focus onto the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords so that they can apprehend and obtain and, and get a hold of the plan and the purpose and the destiny of God for their lives. And with that being said, if you're already in a kingdom, you know, God gives you a responsibility as His church, as His bride as his people to reach out where you're at, to reach out around you and to be an example of Christ Jesus in word, not only in word but in deed, the way that you carry yourself, the way that you exhort your, your fellow brethren, or your neighbors or your family members or those that are around you the way that the love of God pours out of your life and affects and infects those around you to bring them to the knowledge of the truth, to bring them to an understanding of this spiritual life. The Bible says be ready to give an account of the hope that's within you. Be ready to give an account of Christ Jesus when anyone asks. And to not only just go by and bless them and speak to them in word only, but to help them in whatever they need, to do what you can to reach out or at least point them in the right direction where they can get the help that they need. You know, we understand that, you know, as we have responsibilities and things in our lives, we can't do everything for everybody. But as the Holy Spirit begins to nudge your heart, begins to speak to you on the inside, begins to direct you, guide you, give you that impression to reach out Maybe it's just with a smile or a kind word. Maybe it's with a handshake or a hug to somebody that, that just needs somebody to care about them. Maybe it's to just be a listening ear or to share some encouraging words or an inspiring truth from the word or, or maybe as the Lord begins to reveal to you what's going on in a person's life. You're to stand and pray for that person and be 
an example to be an extension of the love of God in their lives. And so we have talked a lot this week on various shows. Of course, we have the Intimate in the Word and the Face-to-Face show with Sean Holmberg. And I'm on there myself, Chris Herzog. I'm on there quite frequently. And we do have other people to contribute that will begin to contribute as we continue in the weeks to come and people calling in and sharing their hearts and sharing their prayers. We're really trying to be interactive and create an interactive environment for you to grow and be encouraged in the things of God. So as God leads you and as you tune in and as you're listening to us, Prayer International Radio, we just want to encourage you to join with our vision. With that being said, let's go ahead and open up for prayer. Ask the Lord to inhabit us, and to inhabit you there, wherever you're listening, in your homes, maybe you're in your car, in your church, in your business, wherever you're at, that the Lord would manifest You know, he says where two or three are gathered, he's in the midst. And we believe that with the technology that he's blessed us with and the technology that is throughout the earth, that God is moving and inhabiting groups of people, even on the telephones and the Internet, and even certain media streams with video. You know, we have had even prayer meetings with video conferencing where we've seen the Lord manifest and touch people in their bodies, bring people into the knowledge of the kingdom. You know, so there's no limits. There's no limits on what God can do. So as we gather with you, as we join our faith with you, call us, email us, contact us, Our phone number is 619-638-8458. You can email us at prayerinternational at gmail.com. And I know we are giving this information out quite frequently on these programs, and the reason being we want you to know where we're at, how to reach us. So let's go ahead and go into a time of prayer now. Father, in the name of Jesus, we just ask, Lord God, for your name to be praised, for your name to be lifted up. And Father, we ask, Lord God, for everyone listening, that your Holy Spirit would begin to brood over them, would begin to move over them, that the peace of God would rule their hearts that the peace of God which passes all understanding would rule their minds. And Father, right now we say, your kingdom come, not our wills, not the plans of man, not everyone else's plans, not the devil's schemes or plans, but Father, your plans, your dreams, your vision, 
what you have declared and decreed and have purposed for the lives of every man and woman that's listening tonight, Father, for those of us here that are joining with him, Father, that we would see your kingdom come and your will be done. So, Father, we are here, Lord, we're gathering, and right now we lift up those that are in the Dallas-Fort Worth area listening, those that are in the Metroplex, and ask that you would cover every man and woman listening in their churches, the pastors and leaders, and those that are even hosting other broadcasts and other programs that are joining in with us as our listeners and our friends. We're, you know, we have other ministers that are listening, other leaders that actually host other programs and other shows. And so right now we just cover them right now and ask for the kingdom of God to come and the will of God to be done in their lives. The Lord would anoint them and commission them with the word of God in their mouths and the spirit of God upon their lives. Those of you that are in the family of God, that your family, that your children, that your spouses, that your parents, those of you that are listening, that you and your whole household would be saved and come to the knowledge of the glory of God. And we pray healing of God would manifest in your lives, in your bodies, in your minds, in your spirits, and that you would be whole and that your lives would not be broken. Father, we pray that the lives of your people, that our lives as the people of God would not be broken but would be made whole by the word of truth, by the power of the blood of Jesus, and the word of our testimony, and Lord, by your word, which was not return void. Father, we give you praise, and we thank you, Lord, for what you're doing tonight. In Jesus' name. We're going into a time of worship. Prayer International Radio. It is about a quarter till eleven o'clock, about fifteen minutes to eleven. And we are going into our time of worship. Thank the Lord. path I tread 
in the chat room. Praise God. Well, tonight we're talking about encounters. We're talking about power encounters. 
And, you know, praise God that he is a living God. And even the word itself, the Bible itself declares that God says, hey, I'm not a God made of human hands. I'm not a God that's made of stone. I'm not made of wood. I'm not even a God that dwells in temples and buildings made with human hands. But the Bible declares that God's a spirit and that he dwells in the hearts of man, that he dwells in hearts that are fully his, that he inhabits the praise he lives in, he abides in the praise and the worship of his people and that he abides and he dwells where two or more are gathered. And that's not to say that he doesn't dwell or abide in the hearts of believers or those that declare his name because he does. If you're in him, you're abiding in his word, and you've received him into your life, declared him to be the Savior, the Lord, the Master of your life. The Bible said those that are led by the Spirit of God are sons, are children of God. And so tonight we are talking about encounters, power encounters. And you know, a lot of times when people hear that term or a phrase similar, they get very standoffish or they kind of rear up and they draw back a little bit and all of a sudden they lose interest because of different abuses or different extremes different things that we've seen in religion, different things that we've seen in, in churches and these movements uh, in various denominations that claim uh, the gifts or the, the Holy Spirit or different uh, manifestations of God. So there's one group of people that completely draw back from it because, A, they've seen abuse and they've seen uh, extremes and these extremes some of them were fruitless and did not lead to any real change or any real uh, fruit I guess you could say that produced the character of God the life of God and what the word of God says is a reflection of what God is doing and so Either that or they had an, let me say, a, rather than saying ignorance, a lack of understanding, a lack of knowledge of the Word of God. And because they did not understand certain spiritual things, they immediately dismiss it or shrink back from it or just declare it not for today. So there's that group in the church. And now I'm talking about in the church and I'm sure out of the church as well, but in Christ. And then the other group, which run to everything that's got bells on it. Okay, and with that being said, some of those people have genuine encounters, and some of those people are just experiencing extremes of religion, emotionalism, hyper-emotionalism. Um, ear tickling 
So there's two extremes, there's two sides of the coin, there's two ends of the spectrum that both are very unhealthy. But there is a remnant group, there's a set-apart group, there's a handful of men and women, even teenagers, that are experiencing the presence of God. They're experiencing and encountering the Holy Spirit in some very vivid, genuine ways, dreams and visions, uh, healings which can be documented and confirmed. In some places around the world, there's been some confirmed, documented raisings of the dead that have been done and performed and encountered in the midst of men and women who claim to be and who practice Christianity. And so we're not talking about spiritualism or some weird mystical stuff that's non-biblical or something that's um, outside of the Church of God, but everything we're talking about tonight pertains to what's going on in the Church, what's going on out of the Church, what's going in the body of Christ, and what God is doing in the earth today. You see, God is pouring out His Spirit. God is pouring out His Spirit upon men and women. And He's drawing men and women to Himself. And He's using men and women all over the earth who are yielded, open, humble vessels of God that are willing to encounter God. They're willing to experience God and open up and let God in. Let God take over. Let the Holy Spirit come in. You know, it's funny to me. Um, it seems to me there's there's a real drive today among people for spiritual experiences and spiritual encounters. Even outside of the church, you know, we we see psychic television. Okay, we see spiritual, uh, you know, we're doing this blog talk radio program and when I look through some of the other programs that are out there, there's all these spiritual related programs, whether it's, you know, the chicken whisperer, the dog whisperer, the you know the orb uh, worshippers, or whatever it is, you know, uh, people are looking for spiritual experiences, spiritual encounters, and you know, there's an obsession even in the body of Christ for experiences, new spiritual experiences, uh, memorable events, just things that, that happen in our lives, things that encourage us. And honestly, I don't think there's anything unholy or unscriptural about this. You know, of course, I mentioned there's a there's a group of people out there that, you know, they declare that this isn't good. But the Bible itself is full of stories 
full of historical events, historical encounters of men and women who had nothing but spiritual experiences, supernatural occurrences, things that went beyond reason and went beyond what the mind or even what was humanly possible. All the way from Genesis to Revelation, we can see these men and women under the Old Covenant and under the New Covenant, which is the same dispensation, the same covenant that us Bible-believing Christians, reborn Christian believers are under, the dispensation of grace, the New Testament, uh, spiritual rebirth experience, okay? And even under that dispensation, starting with the Gospels, or, or let's even say after Christ sent the Holy Spirit, the book of Acts, there was nothing but, in fact, all the letters that were written by Paul, Timothy, Peter, all these men of God, John, were full of exhortation of nothing but supernatural and uh, miracle encounters, healings, experiences, angels, demons, manifestations, presence of God, tongue, fire, earthquakes, constantly. God was pouring out his spirit upon these men and women. Now, I know many of you say, well, we're Christians and we have to keep it on Christ. We have to keep it on Jesus. You know, we're Christians now. We can't get off on this Holy Spirit stuff. We can't get off on these uh, tangents and these whims and these mystical things. And I agree. We need to keep it on Christ. And so we're going to reel this whole program back into Christ and what Christ says about these things. And we'll make sure that Christ and the words of Christ are the foundation of everything that we teach on this program. In fact, if we ever say anything, and actually I challenge any of you listening, and I encourage you and I exhort you and, and please, uh, if we say anything, myself, my, my name is Chris Herzog, I'm one of the hosts here on the Prayer International Radio Show, uh, also Sean Holmberg and various people, if anything is said on this platform, on this program that is not scriptural, that does not line up with the Word of God, we ask you, please, bring it to our attention. Let us know, because we want to make sure that we're honoring God, we're honoring the Word of God, and that we're doing our best to declare what the Word of God declares. And so with that being said, let's actually look, and if anyone that's following right now, uh, we're going to go to the book of Mark. The Gospel of Mark, chapter 16. I'm reading out of the New King James Version. Actually, you can pretty much read any version you want. Even the NIV versions, I believe, will have it in there and then tell you that earlier manuscripts, blah, 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 whatever. Uh, it's in there. So regardless of what anybody says, most 
of your Bibles unless you took a pair of scissors to them or got real crazy with the pages. Um, should have it in there. So Mark chapter 16. Praise God. All right. And so these are Jesus' words concerning uh, preaching the gospel. Jesus' words concerning sharing our faith. Jesus' words concerning going into all the earth. And so I think no matter what uh, camp you're from or denomination that you're from or what type of church you go to, you would probably agree that if Jesus said it, and we're Christian believers, it's probably in our best interest to to do and to adhere to what Jesus said. All right, so chapter 16, and we'll start with verse 14, and we're going to go all the way to 20, and I'm going to read this with the New King James Version. It says, After he appeared unto the eleven, as they sat at meat, or they sat at the table, and they upbraided them, he upbraided them with their unbelief and their hardness of heart, because they believed not them which had seen him after he was risen. So here are some of these hard-hearted believers. Here are some of the disciples. Jesus appears to them. This is what he says, verse 15. And he says unto them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. And he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. There it is right there. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. But he that believeth not shall be damned. We're not seeker friendly here. If you're seeking, our hearts go out for you. Our prayers go out for you. We want you to find the living God. But the bottom line is, he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. Verse 17, And these signs shall follow them that believe. Now this is Jesus talking. Most of your Bibles should have this in red. And these signs shall follow. See, we don't follow signs. Signs follow us. These signs shall follow them that believe in my name. They shall cast out devils. Stay here. Stay with me. They shall speak with new tongues. This is Jesus talking, though. They shall take up serpents. They shall drink deadly things. They shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick. Here's divine healing. Here's Jesus' take on divine healing. The the believers will lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. In verse 19, this is what happened. So after the Lord had spoken this to them, he was received up in heaven. Think about that. The last words he said, they shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. After the Lord said that, those were the last words. Divine healing. There's some encouragement. Divine healing. So, after the Lord had spoken unto them, he was received up into heaven, and he sat at the right hand of the throne of God. 
And they, the disciples, they went forth, the believers, remember? These times will follow them that believe. They went forth and preached everywhere, and the Lord worked with them, confirming the word. See, he confirms the word. God confirms his word with signs following. This uh, Other versions say with accompanying signs. Miracles followed, signs followed, accompanying signs. They accompanied them. Wherever they went and preached the word, there were signs. There were manifestations, encounters from God. So when we're talking about encounters on the program, we're talking about miracles and manifestations, visitation, Holy Spirit experiences. We have Jesus' endorsement in the word of God that these things are okay. Now, if we need to, and we will, as we go through our teaching and our discussions, we'll get into what Paul has to say about these things in Corinthians. We'll get into what the book of Jude has to say about some of these things, the book of Acts, some of the other Gospels, the book of Revelation. Every gospel writer, every epistle writer, even the revelator, the John the Beloved, all spoke of miracles and encounters and experiences with God. Maybe you're saying, why are you stuck on this? Why do you keep talking about this? I'm trying to lay a foundation in your life for miracles, for the supernatural, so that you can encounter and Experience God in a real and genuine way. When you need healing in your body and everybody else around you does not take a stand on healing, you better go to the one who sits in heaven at the right hand of the throne of God and is interceding for your healing. You say, how do I know that? Because right here, he is making a stance. The last thing he says, Lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. And if Jesus is telling his believers to do that, and he modeled and demonstrated it himself and said, imitate me, do do as I do, not as the world does, but do as I do. Freely you receive, freely give. So we have his endorsement to model these things. When you need healing, you better go to the Word of God and and see what God says, what Jesus says, what the Father thinks, what the Holy Spirit thinks about healing, about miracles. Because God will have the defining word over your life. He will have the final say over your life if you allow the Word of God to speak over your life. If you allow the Word of God to speak over your life and into your heart, it will have manifesting, lasting results. It will produce something in your life. Remember we said earlier, God says, the words of my mouth will not return unto me void, but they will go forth and accomplish whatsoever I have sent them forth and purposed them to do. 
So whatever God is speaking over your life today, you can be assured that they will not return void. But you, Christian, you, believer, you, man or woman of God, child of God, teenager that is seeking and even contemplating. Maybe right now you're contemplating if God is real. Maybe you've only had your parents' religion. Some ideal or philosophy of God, some theology, but you've never had an encounter. You've never had an experience with the Holy Spirit. God has never touched you on the inside and started a work, a change, a shift inside of your life. Maybe you're saying, is that necessary? I thought the Bible says that we are saved by faith. Yeah, it does. You're saved by faith. Through grace. It's not by works, not by your works, lest anybody should boast. But let me tell you something. When you experience God, when He comes into your life, it's real. It's not what well, I think I'm saved, because let me tell you something if you think you're saved, then you might think you're hearing God. And if you think you're hearing God or you're not sure if you're hearing God and if you think you're born again and if you're not sure you're born again then you don't really know if you even have a relationship with God at all and the Bible says that which is not faith is sin that a double minded man is unstable in all his ways and when he asks let him ask in faith and if he asks wavering in his heart let that man not think that he's received anything from the Lord Begin to ask, begin to seek, begin to knock. The Bible says, call upon the name of the Lord and be saved. Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. For the Father is the Spirit, and he seeketh such to worship him in spirit and in truth. And the church is looking because theology and philosophy and and mere belief will not cut it. Faith without works is dead. Faith without works is dead. Do you think that God would send you on your way and say, Be blessed now. I hope you're well. I hope you're healed. And I hope you have a great day. If God says in his word, when you pass by somebody and they need something, and they're in need, they need help, And if you have what they need, if you have the ability to help them, rather than just say, be blessed, be warm, sorry you're freezing, I hope you're warm, but maybe you've got a coat, you could go give it to them. Okay, God says be practical. Kena says, if you being evil know how to give good gifts to your children... How much more does your Heavenly Father know how to give good gifts to them that ask? And then Jesus goes on to say, that was Jesus talking about the Holy Spirit. This is Jesus talking. He says, if you ask for bread, will your Father give you a stone? 
If you ask for an egg, will you get a serpent? You see, if you ask, if you ask for the Holy Spirit, you're not going to get a demon. If you're inquiring of the Lord God in heaven, the, the God of the Bible, and you are washed in the blood of Jesus Christ and have given your heart and your soul and your, your strength and your all and your all in all to God, and you've declared and decided to make him the master and the Lord of your life and the master of your destiny, then it's okay to ask. He says, if you ask, he's not going to give you a rock if you ask for bread. And if you ask for the Holy Spirit, he's not going to give you a demon. Jesus even said, how much more will your heavenly Father give you the Holy Spirit to them that ask? He goes on to actually say that. How much more? You know, even Jacob had a Bethel. Even Jacob had a Bethel where the angels of God, we call it Jacob's ladder, but even the, the, the sky opened up, the heavens opened up, and the angels of God came down descending from, from heaven, coming to the earth and going back up to the earth. Even John saw what happened in heaven when the prayers of the saints came up like incense. Fire was cast back down to the earth. You say, well, that was just a vision. That was just a dream he had. Let's go to Isaiah 6 real quick. Let's talk about what that looks like. We saw what God's uh, word in the book of Revelations, chapter 4 and and some of chapter 5, getting into 6, is bits and pieces throughout there. It's breaks down the throne room and the seals opened up and the angels of God receiving the prayers of the saints and the censers, the golden censers, and receiving the the fire from off the altar and the coals from off the altar and casting it back to the earth, taking it back to the earth. Okay, so you say, yeah, well, that was just a dream. That was just some vision John had. That was heaven. We're not in heaven. We're on earth. Well, you know, Jesus, let's go back to Jesus real quick. You know, we are all about what Jesus says here at Prayer International. And if there's any doubt or reason in your mind that we're getting off on crazy winds of doctrine or straying off on things that are kind of out there, listen, we're teaching the Word of God. We're teaching what Jesus said. Why? Because we do not want you to miss out on the glorious riches. You know, the Bible says God will supply all of your needs according to his glorious riches. Some versions say riches and glory. But right there, riches and glory. Glory is glorious riches. is glory. That's how he supplies your needs, is through glory, through the activity of the Spirit, through the presence of God. Even if it's moving, even if it's by moving, by his Spirit moving upon the hearts of men and women, 
to give you what you need. It's still by his spirit. It's all by his spirit. It's not by mind or by power. But it's by my spirit. It says, Lord, if you build those that labor and build without the Lord building the house and laboring, they labor in vain. Maybe you feel like you've labored and you've toiled and you've done all these things in your own strength. You try to run your business in your own strength without inquiring of the wisdom of God, without asking the Holy Spirit about your decision and who your business partners are supposed to be and who your business dealings are supposed to be with and who they're not supposed to be with. And so you're laboring and you're struggling and you're striving and you're not seeing fruit in your business. Well, here's a word for somebody that's listening. Begin to listen to the Lord concerning every detail of your life, not just church, not just the religious details, not just the Sunday, Wednesday, uh, I open my Bible and pray kind of stuff, but how about you begin to pray and inquire of the Lord, whoever's listening, about every detail of your life. Begin to pray about your family. Begin to pray about how to parent your children. Begin to pray about how to love and honor and, and develop in a relationship with your spouse. God knows I need that. I need to do that. We all need to do that. So that we can develop and become the people that God wants us to become. Maybe you're a leader in the church or in the business field. Or maybe you're just a leader in your home. Leading your family. Maybe you're the man of God of your house. Or maybe you're a single parent and the, and the man is not in the house. And so you're leading your children. Maybe you're a housewife and your husband's off at work quite often and you're leading your children. You're leading. Maybe your parents. Maybe you're taking care of your parents. Wherever you're at. God has called you to lead and influence wherever you're at. But you have to do it by His Spirit. Inquire of His wisdom. Proverbs chapter uh, 5, I guess. I'm sorry, it's Proverbs 3, 5 and 6. Sorry. It says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Trust in Him, believe in Him, rely on Him, have a confidence in Him. That's faith. But how do you have faith? You have to do it with all your heart. All your heart. Love the Lord your God. Even Jesus said, this is the number one commandment. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, your mind, your strength. Okay? But faith without works is dead. Second great commandment, love your neighbor. There's the work. You've got to reach out. You've got to go out. You've got to take. Jesus said, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. And when they went and preached the word to every creature, when they went to their neighbors, when they loved their neighbors as their soul, when they reached out beyond themselves, God could confirm the word with the sign following. All of a sudden, the, the, the Holy Spirit could be encountered. All of a sudden, the Holy Spirit could be encountered. You say, yeah, well, there's all these encounters in the Bible where the word wasn't preached. Yeah, but 
even in the chapters before the encounters, the word of the Lord was going forth. Constantly, the word of the Lord was going forth. And then there were encounters. Even Paul, on the road to Damascus, when he got knocked off his horse, think about it, he was at the stoning of Stephen, and I'm sure Stephen was declaring the word of the Lord all the way down to forgiving them publicly, out loud, praying for them and asking the Lord to forgive them. The word of God was going forth. The anointed word of God was being preached and going forth, and it got all over Paul. And as he rode on that horse, as he rode on that donkey, down the Damascus Road, all of a sudden that word, he's knocked off his horse, and the word of God comes forth. I am Jesus. Right? Why do you persecute me, he says. I am Jesus who you crucified when he announces who it is. But he says, why do you persecute me? The word of the Lord goes forth and it brings conviction. It brings forth truth. It brings forth the plan of God. Well, praise God. We're going to go into a time of worship. This is Prayer International Radio, Power Encounters, and we're talking about encountering and experiencing the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit in a real way. Right now, if you want to call in, the number is 619-638-8458.
Well, praise God. This is Prayer International Radio, and you're listening to Power Encounters. My name is Chris Herzog. You can call in at 619-638-8458. You can email us at prayerinternational at gmail.com. Thank you at our web site is www.prayerinternational.org. And we're talking about encounters with the Holy Spirit and how we are building a foundation in the Word of God. Right now we're talking about what Jesus said regarding the preaching of His Word with tongues following, regarding the kingdom being at hand and manifesting. And we are talking about how from Genesis to Revelation, the Bible is full of stories and encounters uh, of men and women who experienced the power of God, who experienced the Holy Spirit, who heard the voice of God or had some experience that brought them closer. You see, and that's the key to, you know, there's a lot of experience. There's a lot of things out there. There's a lot of spiritual deals out there. But what we're talking about is an experience that brings you closer to the Lord, closer to God. I think it's very important that we realize that, that we need to have experiences, not just for the sake of having them, You know, we've been to a lot of churches and we've seen everything from unusual laughter to falling under the power of God. Some people call it being slain in the spirit or people running around the church building because they're just so exuberant, filled with joy or people just laying there completely just drunk or high out of their minds, intoxicated because of what the Lord has done. And in every church we go to, we see a little bit of over-emotionalism, super-emotionalism, piety, and weirdness. But on the other end of that, we see a lot of people having these encounters and experiences. And after talking to them, and after, I won't say interviewing, but just, you know, picking their brain, picking their heart about what they're saying, what they're experiencing, what they're feeling, what they're being moved to do or not do. Um, a lot of people are experiencing experiences with God that are bringing them closer to God. It's renewing their love. It's refreshing them. See, God wants to refresh you. God wants to renew you. And he wants his Holy Spirit to be so real to you. You see, he is not just a presence. The Holy Spirit isn't just a presence. He's a person. But he has a presence. And there is an atmosphere that emanates from the Spirit of God. It just is. Just like when you 
enter into a room and you see a person, they have a certain atmosphere or aura or energy around them or about them that they carry. And sometimes a person can completely light up a room or a group or completely just shift it the other way. Well, you know, God is a person. He's a spirit and his Holy Spirit. You know, sometimes that word spirit confuses a lot of people. You know, sometimes the word spirit is attitude. Sometimes the word spirit is referring to the character of a person. Sometimes we say, man, what a wonderful person. We talk about the, the environment, the atmosphere, the way it felt, the climate. So I'm not talking about spirit in that regard, you know, but when I say spirit, I'm, I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit is not an attitude. He's not an atmosphere. He's not an environment. He may change your environment. He may change your atmosphere. He may change your attitude when you encounter him. In fact, if your attitude's not changing while you're encountering him, if you're not experiencing more peace or maybe uh, more joy, Maybe you have a shift and change in your emotions where things you used to do or think or feel now you're not doing or things you used to do or think or feel uh, you just don't have the same drive anymore. The Holy Spirit is a person. The Holy Spirit has a will, a mind, he has a plan for you. A presence doesn't have a mind or a plan, but a person does. Animals generate a presence. Thoughts have a presence. People have a presence, but the Holy Spirit's much more than a presence. And so we're talking about his presence but we don't want you to limit him to some mystical force that you get some goosebumps or the warm fuzzies in a, in a meeting or a service. Although that stuff is great, and we want you to experience God in some real genuine way. But we want you to have the depth and the, the understanding, the knowledge, the encounter of his person, of who he is, his heart, his mind, his attitude. He wants to know you. The Holy Spirit wants to know you. He wants to speak to you. He wants to love you. He wants to be loved by you. He wants you to feel what he's feeling. He wants to feel what you're feeling. God is a spirit. He wants to be worshipped in spirit with the right attitude, with the right atmosphere, in the right environment. Yes but from the heart, from the spirit, from the part of you, that third man, the trinity. See, people have a trinity. We have a soul, which is our mind, will, and emotions. We have a spirit, which is the part of us that connects with God. We have a body, which is a container. We're, a tri- we're, we're made up like God. We're trinity beings. We're, there's a trinity of man. Created in his image So of course If there's three parts Three persons of God There's going to be three parts Three persons of God God said to himself 
The Holy Spirit's the one that created you. He's the one that decided what you would look like. He's the one that decided what your name would be. You know, we think our parents named us, but he's the one that actually implanted the name inside of your parents' mind, their hearts. The Holy Spirit's the one who decides the abilities and the skills and the gifts and the talents that you have in your life. He's the one that decides the dreams and the plans and the purposes that he prepared for you before the foundation of the world. And so we're talking about encountering God. You need to get to know him as a person. You need to start thinking of him in terms as a real person and not just a mystical force out there in the ozone, some, you know, father time out there up in the sky. But he is actually actively moving in the earth. He's living and moving in the hearts and in the lives and the bodies. He's possessing the bodies of God's people. And although that may sound scary to some of you, that's the truth. And for some of you that are into spiritual, mystical, and like the spooky, ooky stuff, God is looking for people he can possess, take up control, have complete control and possession of their bodies, their minds, their wills, their emotions, their mouths, their eyes, their hands, their feet, their ears, their finances, their family, their businesses, the works of their hands, the thoughts in their head, the motives of their hearts. God wants it all. God wants it all. And he wants to move in. He wants to take up. He wants. To... Jesus said it like this. He said, I stand at the door and I knock. I knock. And if you feel him tugging and you feel him knocking, you see, when we talk about salvation, it's real easy to say that we let Jesus into our heart and we got saved and Jesus came in. But then what? Do we just move him in and tell him, grab the couch and let yourself out in the morning? Make sure you lock the door behind you. Sure, you can stay for the night, Jesus. I'll let you in. You can come in and step with me. But when the morning comes, go ahead and let yourself out. Lock the door behind you. And I think a lot of times in our Christian walk, that's what we do with Jesus. That's what we do with the Spirit of God. We let him in. He comes in. He moves in. And he eats with us. He sups with us. He fellowships with us. We experience his presence and the newness of life, that refreshing and that peace and the joy. And that. Well, all of a sudden we get motivated and, and we have to turn around in our lives. 
and we enjoy the celebration. But then when the party's over, and the booze wears off, and the high isn't there anymore, and you come down, all of a sudden you're tired, you get that hangover the next morning. Some of you know what I'm talking about. Some of you are still there, and you know what I'm talking about. But see, God says he's got a new wine. He's got an intoxicating glory. He's got... And he wants the fire of the passion to be stirred up in you daily, continuously. And some of you have let the fire grow dim. You let the fire grow cold. Give your heart back to him. Let him move in. Let him come in. Let the Holy Spirit come in, except this time, don't kick him out the next morning. Tell him to lock the door behind him. Don't throw Jesus a a blanket and set him on the couch for the night. But let him come in. And when he came into the temple, he began to throw the tables over. If you remember that, the money changers in the temple were selling things for temple worship and they're selling religion. They're selling religious idols and religious whatever it was. So they're selling religion, selling things to practice religion. Books and tapes and Whatever else they had. You know, we see all that. And I'm not down in books and tapes, but when your focus is books and tapes and your focus is all the things you can bring into the service and how many bottles of anointing oil you can swing all over the place. If you don't have the Holy Ghost smeared on your life, if you don't have the anointing of God deposited on the inside rubbed all over your life because you've spent time in his presence. It doesn't matter. You can take 30 weight and pour it all over everybody and it's not going to do a bit of good if you don't have faith and if you don't have the Lord confirming his word in your life. So here comes Jesus into the temple. Good old, nice, friendly Jesus. And he sees these tax collectors and these temple worshipers and these sales people and they've got their little vending booth and they're selling this dove and this sacrificial knife and this, you know, they probably had some altar calls and who knows what else they had for the temple. So anyways, he comes in and he says, my house, my father's house, he says he was just enraged. My father's house should be called a house of prayer. But you've turned it into a den of thieves. You've turned it into a temple of robbers. Here was Jesus looking at all these people selling and doing all these things in the name of God, in the name of religion, in the name of tradition, in the name of 
religious practice. They had church down. They could do church better than anybody. But their motives and the intents of their heart weren't right. They were not the house of prayer. They were not that altar of prayer, that people of prayer, that people that were intimately acquainted with the Father, those people that were encountering God in a real and genuine way. So Jesus comes in, he begins to throw the tables over. He begins to turn the tables over and just wreck that place and turned it upside down and shook it to the core till everything that was shaken was shaken. He wanted purity. He wanted to clean and cleanse the temple. He wanted purity in his temple. And when Jesus comes in, the first thing he does is begin to call out, I want purity in my temple. I want a house of prayer, not a den of thieves. I don't want you to honor me with your lips, but then your hearts are far from me. I don't want you to go through the motions of religion and tradition, but it be void and null and void of the power of God. I don't want your hearts to be so hard that you don't hear my voice when I'm speaking to you. So he had to throw the tables over. We want him to knock on the door. We want to let him sleep on the couch. It's okay if he comes in, but do we want to let him start rearranging the furniture in our lives? Do we want to let him come in and start throwing the tables over and take our plans and stomp them into the ground and say, wait a minute. There's a way that seems right to a man, but the end of it's death. Let me tell you something. Commit your thoughts and your ways. For I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord. Plans to give you a hope and a future. See, God has plans for you. The Holy Spirit has plans for you. You're going to have to get into and then abide in and, and become one with and begin to get acquainted with and begin to share your heart, spirit to spirit, heart to heart, deep calls unto deep. Spirit and in truth encounters, worshiping the Father with a heart that's fully his. Honoring him with your hearts and not just your lips. Does your heart seek God? Does it seek the living God or are you just merely wanting more head knowledge? Are you just merely wanting a, a sermon and a doctrine, a theology, a, a mission statement or a statement of beliefs to hang on your wall and say, well, you know what I would be if I wasn't Baptist, I'd be ashamed. Come on, people. Even Jesus, even Paul himself in the Word of God, through the Holy Spirit said, don't come along and say, I'm John's disciples, I'm Paul's disciples, I'm Apollos' disciples. Because, see, one man sows the seed, another comes along and he waters, but it's God that gives the increase. And when it comes down to it, we're all his. It doesn't matter if you've got Baptist on your name or, or John the Baptist or, or Paul or uh, Timothy or whoever. It doesn't matter if you're Methodist or you're Presbyterian or you're Lutheran or you're Pentecostal. You know, you may speak in tongues till your mouth bleeds. 
All right. But then the minute you're out of church and no one's looking, you're sleeping around on your husband or wife. But yet you're right back in the church, lifting up your hands and praying in tongues and going through the motions, brother or sister. You honor him with your lips, but your hearts are far from him. So it don't matter if you're Pentecostal and you speak in tongues, or if you're Baptist and you're full of the word, or if you're Methodist and you're about doing works and acts of kindness, or maybe you're Catholic and you're all about just having a solemn devotion and meditation on the Lord. It doesn't matter if you're straight off the street and all you know is John 3.16. If you've got a heart that is fully His, and you're eagerly inquiring of the Lord, you're seeking the Lord while He may be found, and you're calling upon Him while He is near, He will be encountered. He will reveal Himself to you. He says, call upon Him. He will show you great mighty things. He will answer you. But listen to what he's going to do. He's going to show you. Well, what's he going to show you? Great and mighty things that you don't know of. They that know their God shall be strong and do great exploits. What kind of exploits are it was Daniel talking about when he said that? The same ones Jesus was. The same ones that Paul talked about in Corinthians 12 and 13 and 14, the gifts of the Spirit. The same one that Jude... When he said in Jude uh, verse 20, I believe, uh, Beloved, build yourselves up in your most holy faith. How? By praying in the Holy Spirit. Praying in tongues. Oh yeah, we believe in praying in tongues. But you know what? We believe in in speaking a hundred words in English that would edify somebody and telling them Jesus loves them. Before just praying in tongues and having them look at us cross-eyed wondering what in the world is that? There's a time and a place for everything. This might be a word for somebody. There's a time and a place for everything. But you can't throw the baby out with the bathwater. God is pouring out a spirit. And things are being done decently in order, but let me tell you, when the day of Pentecost had fully come, and what Joe prophesied it says, uh, it was the ninth hour of the day, or I'm sorry, the, the third hour of the day. So it was about nine o'clock in the morning. All right. And here they were laughing and crying and praying in tongues. And it says that they looked like they were drunk. Drunk in the middle of the day. Wasn't even nighttime yet. These were devout men. These weren't drinkers. These weren't bar hoppers. These were men that were in prayer continually in one accord, night and day, continually praying and consecrating themselves. These weren't lushes and barflies. What am I saying all this for? Look. God, yes, he's about to order. Yes, the Holy Spirit's a gentleman. But you know what? When he knocked Paul off his horse, he wasn't much of a gentleman that day, was he? 
when he came in like a rushing mighty wind and fire was on top of everybody and they were speaking in tongues and acting like a bunch of drunken people, he wasn't very gentleman-like that day. But open up your heart, open up your mind, open up your life to the Holy Spirit. He's calling, he's wooing you, he's drawing you. The Bible says no one can come to God unless the Spirit draws him. Unless God encounters you, all you've got is a set of beliefs, a doctrinal statement, and a religion. But let me tell you something. When you encounter the Spirit of God, you're going to know it. Because your spirit, your insides are going to cry, Abba, Father. You're going to have something inside of you that's going to cry, Daddy. You're going to have a yearning and a desire inside of you that's going to reach for heaven, that's going to reach for something bigger than you. And the beautiful thing is it's not religion. You don't have to keep reaching. God is going to reach down to you. He reached down to you with his son, Jesus Christ, who died on the cross for your sins, shed his blood, went to hell for you for three days, rose again. He's seated at the right hand of the Father, and yes, he is coming back. He's going to come back, and he's going to judge the living and the dead. The dead in Christ will rise, and those that are still living, he'll call home. And let me tell you something. Don't miss out on the wonderful life that God has for you, not only in heaven, the encounters that he has for you here. Give us a call, 619-638-8458. My name is Chris Herzog. This is Prayer International Radio. This is Tower Encounters. Contact us, www.prayerinternational.com. .org or prayerinternational at gmail.com. Now, Father, in the name of Jesus, we just pray for everyone listening to draw them into a deeper relationship, into a deeper encounter with you. Father, that their eyes would be opened to the King of glory, Lord, that if they don't know you, you would draw their heart and reveal Jesus as Lord and Savior of their life. Father, if they need a touch in their body, Father, we seek life. We speak health, we speak wholeness and healing over their bodies, over their minds right now. We pray for a turnaround in our situation, for every circumstance and every mountain in their lives. We speak to it and we cast it into the sea. And we pray, Father, for families to be restored, marriages to be restored. Father, we thank you that you're blessing churches and pastors and leaders. That, Lord, you are blessing Israel and Jerusalem. Lord, bless Israel and Jerusalem right now. And pour out your spirit over the earth as the waters cover the And we thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen.